You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 274 of Teach Better Talk podcast. My name is Ray Hewart, and I listened to a recent episode of Teach Better Talk, and I like did a massive like introduction for the one, the only Jeff Gargas, and I felt like I needed to do it again. So ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Gargas is here. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Ray. What, what episode? So I can go listen to that because I need that every now and then. I don't know, but sometimes I won't lie. And I what? think I've said this like publicly before. Often I listen back to episodes. Truly, I love our guests, but also people will like tweet at us to make fun of us because of like the first 10 minutes Something of our episode. Happened, yeah. Something that happened. But we record in advance. So sometimes I don't remember. So usually I, I listen to at least the first 10 minutes <laughs> so to be what like, what do we do this time? Yeah, I'm like, okay, what ridiculous things are people going to be upset about? And then that way I know when they message me or email me. So I was listening and the, the introduction I did was like, and Jeff Gargas is in the house. And then you like corrected me. It was really dumb. You messed up the episode. But other than that, it was great. Was it when I was traveling because I wasn't in the house? It I was. was at a hotel. That's exactly. Nah, Still yeah, the dumbest gotcha. joke. Yeah, yeah. Still dumb. Still dumb. <laughs> I don't know what you expected. I don't know why you're setting the bar so high at this point. So sorry, guys. Uh, we're here, yeah. whether we're in the house or not. We're we're, we're here, we're present right now. Yeah, that is that is true. Well, you're so, in your home office. I'm in my home office. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that we are in our normal spaces, right? Normal spaces. Not in a hotel. Not in which a is hotel. Good. No. Not in a hotel. It's good to, you're there in isn't Ohio? a chat in sight. Nope, so. you're in Ohio. I'm in Chicago and yeah, killing it. Chicago. I can Chicago. say that now. I asked a bunch of people and got approval that I can say that now. Yeah. I was just in Chicago at the uh, NAE, NAESP conference. Yes, you with were. With a bunch of friends, which made for like two really cool weeks in a row because I got to go to Chicago for a few weeks and then we had our 12-hour live. Okay, wait, but you're skipping over because I got to see you in Chicago, and yes, then not only a few days later, we had a Illinois... A yeah, but I wasn't there, so You like... weren't there, but it was so fun because we had an Illinois get-together for Teach Better peeps, anybody, you know, who's around, and that uh, invitation was extended to, like, ambassadors, speakers, network, podcasters, yeah. mastermind members, and I'm just saying, Jeff, you missed, you missed out. And, you then, know... and then we had 12-hour live. Yeah, that yeah and then we had 12-hour live. So 12-Hour Live is fun. And yes, if you're listening and you aren't super familiar with us, that, that's exactly what it sounds like. We went live for 12 hours straight. Wait, can this we preface? The... Doesn't it sound awful, guys? If you've never heard of it, just think <laughs> of it real quick. 12 hours of professional to, development. <clears throat> to be fair, we considered 18 and 24, so 12 isn't that bad, actually. Nope, I didn't I didn't consider it. Thanks, thanks. Just group yourself in that category. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this was the fourth, fourth yep. one we've done, right? Fourth, fourth one, one that we've done. Yep. The second one for this year, yep. second of three, there's another one uh, later on this December. year. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things I like most, there's a lot of stuff. If you if you didn't see it, you can go we'll watch it on YouTube or any of our social media. You know, it saves there. But but we also do a really cool thing where we house the entire thing broken up into segments um, in, in our Teach Better Academy. So teachbetteracademy.com where we literally, so I don't know how many, I can't remember how many segments it was. It's like, like 50. 
15 was the something April like one. Yeah. So I feel like something like that. Yeah. So the but but in so in the academy they're broken up. So if you just want to go watch a very specific, you don't have to like skip through and scrub, you know, through the timeline on on YouTube. You can just go check it out. Uh Wait, so I, and, was, I was talking to someone recently by the way who was like Oh, actually, I caught some of the 12-hour live, but I just like to see, like, the recap after what people say was the best segment, and then I go to the Academy and I watch that segment. <laughs> hey, you – that's good logic, using the tools that are available to them. Why not? Um, I love it. Yeah, so it's really cool because, like, you can get that, and you can also go get the, the April one as well. Yeah. Um, and all the future ones will be that way as well. So twospetteracademy.com for that. That was a lot of fun. What, what Ray? You got you're doing the finger thing again. What's well? Hold on. It's so fun. Shout out to Katie Miglin on our team who puts together that incredible mm-hmm. event. The fact that we're trying to pull it off three times this year, guys. Think about it. I mean, twelve hours of professional development each time. We're That's doing this three hours, times right? this year. I'm, holy cow! And this was the fourth one because we did it twice last year. Mm-hmm. Was it twice last year that we did it? No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we did right at the end of the year. July so, yeah. and December. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. I, I don't know if you guys are listening and you're on our email list. If you're not and you want to be on our email list, like shoot Jeff or I an, an email or a, or a direct message. Um, it, our emails are just our name, like ray at teachbetter.com. But if you're not on our email list, you need to get on it because we have been sending out emails with actually direct links to all of the 12-hour lives. So I know that only in the Academy is this most recent one and April because um, this is a new feature that we've put together. But if you want to actually watch our first one, which was like back in 2020, or the second one that was at, you know, over winter break in 2020, those exist. They're saved on YouTube, so you can watch all of them. But I feel like we've grown. I feel like they've gotten better and better. Our our guests yeah, There's still are... some really, really good stuff, like some really awesome oh, segments and guests totally. on those. I think we're doing better as a team from a production standpoint, but the guests have been amazing every time. Oh, like, we're without a doubt. Like, we get to be there, like, and that's cool, you know, but... Well, I really like that the guests are a focus, but the topics are also a focus. So I feel like there's a lot of reasons you might tune in. You might tune in because you see someone's name and you're like, holy cow, you know, there's this person that I follow on social media or I've seen them speak in a professional conference. I want to go check them out. But you also might see a topic that we're discussing and that also might draw you in. So depending on what you're looking for, I feel like we try and offer that variety and shout out to our sponsors that make that all possible. So cool. I love it. So, and speaking of some of awesome guests, our guest for the podcast today was also a guest on the 12 hour live. Uh, Trenise Brown Warrens is, um, she's amazing. That's I'm just, I might just leave it at that. No, so she yeah. is, she's a, a middle school assistant principal now going into her first year in that role. She's also been involved with our administrative mastermind for a long time now. And that's what her and her and Dave and, and Jeff did during the 12 hour live. But she is just, I'll tell you what, there was, I can't remember how many times, I should have kept a tally of how many times we referred to something she said in this episode as the best. The best. But it was like the best quote, the best success su- success story. I can't say that word. Uh, the best, whatever the six, you know, fast questions. I don't even know what we call that thing. What do we call that thing? Rapid questions? I don't, know. Like, I don't we, know. It's only the 274th episode. You think we, we have, have a name for yet. that now. Yeah. Um, but like, just, I mean, just. This was a good episode. I don't know how to. I, I thought I, I wish I had better words than that, but it's just a good episode. So yeah, I. I mean, she's gonna be my new best friend, whether she knows it or not. It's fine. <laughs> well, Ray's gonna work on that, making her, um, making Trinice her new best friend. You are going to listen to this episode. Let's get into it. Episode two seventy four with Trinice Brown Warren. Hey, what's up, Teach Better family? It's Jeff, and I wanted to make sure that you were aware of 
all of the webinar series that we have going on this summer. Our summer webinars kick off with our first series, which is a four-week, eight-session series with Ray all about the grid method. Also, this summer, we have a grid method webinar series with Chad Ostrowski, the creator of the grid method. We also have two webinar series with Ray all about building that introductory grid to get things rolling in your classroom. We've got Dave Schmidt and Caitlin Giordano talking about how you can get important conversations going in your school building or district with our Weigh In to Get Buy-In series happening in July. And then wrapping things up in August, we have our standards-based grading webinar with Dave Schmidt. Get all the details and register. Head over to teachbetter.com today. All right, we are here and we're chatting with Trinice. And Trinice, it's so awesome to have you on the podcast and get to know more about you. I'm super excited to just dive into your head and your story and share that with our audience. But before we get too far into things, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling excited. I'm really excited just to be here and to dive in and talk with the both of you. I'm so excited too, because I've been able to be in a few meetings with you, a few masterminds with you. And I was thrilled when I saw you on the Teach Better Talk lineup, because I'm like, ooh, diving into your story. I'm so excited. Before we get too far into it, I do want to make sure that our listeners kind of hear a little bit about you, kind of what you do currently in education. So do you mind kind of sharing a little bit about what you do? Okay. So as of July 1st, 2021, I am now a middle school assistant principal here in Portland, Oregon. Um, I am at Jackson Middle School and I am totally excited about this opportunity. Just excited. And so the way you said, is this your first principalship? Is that, um, you know, or is that just a new building? Sort of, kind of. So let's dive into that. Yeah. So my story started in Houston, Texas. Um, I moved there from Sacramento, California, where I'm born and raised. And I was looking for a school counseling internship because I decided I am going to become a school counselor. And um, I moved to Houston to work with AmeriCorps to help kids get into college, first generation kids. And that was me. So I was like, this is a perfect opportunity. And I finally landed an internship. And then I learned the state of Texas says you have to teach before you could be a counselor. I had no idea this was part of the prereqs before getting my master's degree. So to my to my surprise, I was like, well, looks like I got to be a teacher if I want to do what I want to do. So I dived into being an eighth grade U.S. history teacher, and I absolutely fell in love with the classroom. Um, I loved watching what kids thought was boring people come to life and they can see the connections in their in their own world. And so that was a journey within itself. And um, people saw more in me than I saw in myself. And I was like, y'all, I just want to be a school counselor. That's my dream. I'm here because they told me I have to do this for two years. And then people started pushing me towards leadership. Next thing you know, I'm a department chair. I'm a teacher leader. They're sending me to all these conferences. And then I learned I had to get another license to become a school counselor. So now I'm at this point in my career where both the school counselor and the principal certification were the same amount of money, same amount of time. And I was like, well, what should I do? Because I have a dream. I I believe in fulfilling my dreams. And My mom and I discussed it and um, she was like, well, take a look at what the pathway is in front of you. And is that pathway leading you towards school counseling or is that pathway leading you towards leadership? And I was like, well, the pathway that is laid out in front of me is leadership. So I, I started the principal certification process. At the same time, I transitioned out of the classroom and into a teacher specialist role, which is kind of like an assistant principal without the the title and the pay. 
So this is going to be my first official year, but I've already had a year under my belt of uh, being a leader. Gotcha. Wow. I love your story so much. I can't even <laughs> explain that. Like, I love the fact that you had this dream, you're going for it. You hit a roadblock of not realizing that you had to teach and then you got in that. And then mm-hmm. all these other people started recognizing your awesomeness and trying to drive right. you seeing that. And I, I, I think it's really important when you, for people to hear stories about when you have this dream and you get in this mind, cause I think so often we get this mindset of like, that's what I said I was going to do. So I have to do it no matter what, right. but sometimes right. you gotta stop and go, wait a minute, like something, whether it's the universe or whatever you believe in or whatever is telling me, maybe I should think about this side. So I love that you had that conversation with your mom and that it led you where you are. That's such a cool story. Right. Uh, so that's all. Well, and congrats. That's awesome. So great to hear. Which, that's exciting. You um, know, Jeff, sometimes dreams come back around though. Dreams come back around. Sometimes you have to let it go and it comes back. And that's kind of what happened to me. I let man. it go and it came back. I love so that. I actually, and up, uh-huh. you chose the right age group. Middle school is the bomb.com. <laughs> I love it. It is. I, it is. That's, that's hard. Like, you know, you always can tell a middle school educator from anybody else. We're just a little different. We're a little different. We're fearless. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. So that gets me, I'm, I'm really excited about this. This is, I mean, it's my favorite question all the time, but like when I get a story like that and just your journey and how you look at things, it gets me excited for mm-hmm. the question that I love to ask. And that's talking about uh, asking you to share a time that you've had a failure in your life. And you <laughs> can do that with this share a time. I know sometimes it's hard to pick that one time, right? But a failure right. that you've had to overcome, kind of take us there with you. What happened? How did you overcome that? And then what'd you pull away from that experience? I just have to choose one, right? Okay. We're going to go with one today. One. Well, if we need all to right. do multiple episodes, we can talk about that. Well, because the the title and the name of your organization is Teach Better, I think I'm going to go with a failure that got me to teach better. Um, and I think it's something that happens um, to young hotshots who don't understand the science behind teaching, because there is a science behind teaching. It is more than just pulling something out of a hat. And um, I didn't know that. And so I was a first year teacher and um, my district had these wonderful designed lessons. And I laughed because I didn't see the wonder in it. It was boring to me. And so because things were boring, I decided to start taking things out of the equation. Like I would read it and I would say, that's boring. I'm going to do something else. And I'd read it. That's boring. I'm going to bring something else in. And I remember one time my director came to me and she says, talk to me about what you did to my lesson plan. And I was like, well, this is boring. So I took it out and she um, kind of looked at me. And this is when I knew I was in trouble because she gave me that mom look. And I was like, "Uh oh, <laughs> and she goes. All right, hot shot. What you thought was boring, there was actually a method to my madness. And she broke down the science behind the activity. And I was left there thinking, wow, I stripped my students of an opportunity to grow in a skill set that I didn't even know was there because all I saw was this activity is boring. And so as a young teacher, I felt like I knew more than my director. I knew more than the people that were above me, but I really didn't. And so from that experience, I learned before I take anything out, or before I add my own flair, I need to understand the science behind why it's being added. And a lot of times we think people, oh, you've been so far removed from the classroom. You don't know. I do. When you do know, but they know a little bit more than you do. And the power came in when I learned what my director knew 
And then I was add, able to add my own flair. And so this is where I came up with hip hop history. And so I stopped taking things out of the curriculum and I started infusing things that made sense for my classroom culture. So I had kids that really loved hip hop music. And I mean, old school music, Kelly and Nelly Dilemma. And I was like, where did y'all learn this music from? Because this is old. <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, I really can't be playing music in class. Like, what if my principal walks in and it's going to be like a party? So I had to learn the science behind infusing music. So if anybody ever asked me or they asked my students why we were doing this, they could speak to the connection. And this was way before I learned what culturally responsive teaching was. It just felt good. And because I took the time to understand the why behind things, I felt really comfortable infusing my own flair and then standing up to people who felt like um, it wasn't a good idea. Wow, I love that story. I love, I love the fact that you recognize uh, the power of, of of understanding where someone else is coming from and someone else's uh, this the science that you're talking about, right? The reasoning behind there, um, and recognizing that sometimes, yeah, we hear things that don't that don't sound right. They don't sound like what we would do. But if you understand, you can infuse yourself better into something when you better understand how it was built and why it was built, right? Correct. And you can really take your passion, your your drive, and really see how it actually should fit in there to make it good. And I love it. That's a that's an important lesson there. Very. Uh, so, so let's keep it going. We're going to flip it this time. Let's talk now about a successful moment. So same thing, share a story with us, but uh, tell us about the time that you've had a successful moment and share us with what happened. Why was it a success for you? And then what'd you take away from that experience? Okay. So one of my greatest success came in my first year of teaching. And um, I had a totally different educational experience than my students. So my definition of normal was not their definition of normal. So my mom worked very hard and a strive for me to go to um, very affluent schools. So there was a norm for me. We traveled um, in classes. We were able to talk. We didn't have rows. Um, we didn't have to stand in lines. We were free. And then I went to a Title I school and it was a completely different culture for me. So I was in a culture shock. And kids were, um, you know, having to sit in rows and stand up in lines and we weren't going anywhere. They were just in a building all the time with no opportunities and no experiences. And I was like, this is not what I know to be normal. And so I wanted to bring my normal to a campus. So what that entailed was taking account of what my students were good at. And they were really good at making things. They were really good at selling things. And so for me, I was like, oh, that's an entrepreneur. And so um, I went to a conference where I met the director at um, the University of Houston uh, and the entrepreneur program, which at the time was number two in the world. I think they're number one now. And um, we were we were chatting and he was like, gave me his card. And he said, you know, contact me if you ever need anything. And I thought to myself, okay, sounds good. And um, I came back to class and the kids were like, miss, are you really gonna like reach out to him? And I thought, dang it, now I really have to. I wasn't going to before. And so I was like, of course, why would I leave you guys out like that? I'll email him. So I emailed him and he did not respond to me. And I thought to myself, this is why I said I wasn't gonna do it. Two weeks later, he emails me and he says, Trinice, I am so sorry to get back to you so late. We had um, an opportunity to spend a week with Warren Buffett. And I said, well, on that case, I forgive you. Because I mean, if somebody 
if I got to hang out with Warren Buffett for a whole week, I would, you know, have to delay some responding to emails. And so through that, he said, I have a student who's working on a senior project. And I think you two coming together would be a great collaboration. Would you mind coming up to the University of Houston? And I said, OK, sounds great. So I go up there and, and I meet with this senior and she has this idea of teaching students how to open their own businesses. And she had a whole curriculum and she had a whole vision. And I was like, I was just thinking about this. So we came together and started a young entrepreneurs club on my campus where the students were able to take in on projects and design businesses and learn how to truly um, see their dreams come true. And through that, one of my, my students, um, she became my student and now she's my daughter. And she just didn't know that there was a world outside of what she knew. And so we took a field trip to the University of Houston. And at this point, I'd become the kid's mom. So you guys know when they just stop listening to you, um, they think that you have to tell them these things. And so in the middle of the field trip, I walked over to the Mexican-American studies and I walked in and I said, hey, I have a group of kids and some of them are undocumented and they think they cannot go to college and they've stopped listening to me. So I want to know, is there anybody in here that can speak to them? And they found me somebody and I brought the kids into the conference room and they sat there and they heard someone from someone who looked like them, who came from the same background as them, inspiring them that no matter what your citizenship is, you can go to college. Well, let's fast forward. And last year, the class of 2020, my daughter graduated from high school and she just finished her first year at the University of Houston. So my greatest success was bringing what I thought was normal and what I thought my students needed and willing to challenge the status quo and bring them an experience that changed their life. Because without that field trip, she wouldn't be saying I'm going into my second year at the University of Houston. I made the dean's list twice. And I know that whatever I want, I can dream it. I can work hard for it and I can go for it. So that is my, my greatest success. Jeff, is it appropriate to say that that might be my favorite success story I have ever heard on Teach Better Talk? No, I think it's absolutely appropriate because I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, wow, I was, I was already like, yeah, I just, I was already with you with just with the fact that you created the young entrepreneurs thing, but then the rest of the story, I'm like, wow. No, that's, the whole that's an thing. awesome story. That is, I mean, yeah. It's official to all lives? our listeners 274 episodes. This is how long it took to get the best success story <laughs> ever. But honestly, I mean, your focus on not only supporting students and their dreams, but getting them answers to major questions that are, that they're seeing as roadblocks and, right. and gosh, I mean, don't even get me started on the community connections. That is my jam when we can bring real world experiences authentically into our classrooms and then push our students' knowledge out into the world. Like, holy moly, I'm going to have to listen back to that two or three times because I was just like at the edge of my seat listening to all the elements of this story. And, and you know that this is possible for every educator to begin doing in their classroom. So yes. I, have to, I have to know, I mean, for everything that you've done, I mean, geez, you've, you not only were an incredible classroom teacher, now mm -hmm. turned admin, you went to the dark side. <laughs> but, but think about, I mean, truly even how many more, you know, students you can impact because you'll be supporting teachers. When you think about the work you're doing right now, the work you hope to do as you grow into your new role, even within the next few years, 
Right. What's really keeping you excited about education and everything you're doing? You know, <laughs> kids, mm. they truly are sponges. Mm. And not only are they sponges, but they are innovators. And they have so much inside of them that they just need a place to be able to let it out and then to be able to create from it. So I have four beautiful nieces and uh, twins that are 14 and they're going to be sophomores this year, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And my world revolves around them. And when I see what they deem as a world that is worthy of them, I think to myself, every kid needs to know what that feels like. And so being able to, to take a kid and provide them a space and opportunity to soak up knowledge and then to invent and create, man, that who cannot get excited about that? Because these kids are doing tremendous things. Like they take over TikTok, they take over Snapchat, like they take a complex issue and can break it down in 45 seconds and other kids can understand it. It takes us three hours just to understand what they just said. So they inspire me. They they are truly the world. I, I just love it. Well, and it's interesting because my next question I usually ask for, you know, like one piece of advice to leave with our listeners, all the mm -hmm. educators that are a part of the Teach Better Talk community. But I actually, I don't know if I can, you can give two if you really have one you're set on, but I'd love <laughs> to know what is the first step to achieving that? Like, I think so many educators listen to these beautiful, big ideas. And, and mm -hmm. I think a lot of them feel comfortable nodding their head. Yes, let's do better for our kids. Let's create these opportunities, these experiences. But when you sit down at your desk and you're looking through standards and looking at these pieces, sometimes it's hard to see the small steps that are taken right. to, to achieve that goal. So give me a little bit of that, that information from you. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. So I think it starts with one, understanding that you do not have to know everything. I think what happens is we think, oh, I don't know about TikTok, so I'm not going to touch it. I don't know about hip hop music. I'm not going to touch it. I don't even know what these what kids are into. I'm not going to touch it. And it's not about you being the expert on any of those things. It's when you are designing your lesson and you are looking at what students need to master the standards, how are you providing opportunities for them to show you something and for you to show them something? So it has to be a transactional um, learning experience where you're bringing them content, which is the input, but then you're providing them space to have student output. So I think that that's what I would tell somebody is you don't have to be the expert, but how are you creating the space for your students to show you what they can do with what you're giving them? Mm, I love oh, that. I love that. Creating a space and the opportunity for that. Yeah. That's it. That's what I did. I mean, that's, that's I'm telling where you, I started. Jeff, this is my jam. We literally could talk about this topic for the next 47 years, and I still <laughs> would have more questions because this is what I think is a major element missing in education. I love that now we know you're a go to person to get support in this area because I could not be more in love with this topic. So. Best answers ever. Best answers ever. <laughs> Agreed. All right. So, so far, I mean, you're kind of killing this whole thing. I mean, all right. We already dubbed best success story. We're already, I mean, you're, you're killing these answers. So, we're going to put you to the test now with the next six. 
got you. here is I'm going to throw these at you. Your goal is to answer each one 15 seconds or less. You ready? All right. I'm ready. What is one ed tech tool you cannot live without? Flipgrid. Give us a book you're reading right now. Uh, the Burnout Fix by Dr. Jacinta Jimenez, a.k.a. Dr. J. Uh, who do you need to follow on Twitter or Instagram today? You can give us up to three. Uh, I follow you. I follow Teach Better. And I follow Erica Dotson Hooper. Uh, give us uh, a good YouTube channel, website, or podcast for educators to check out. Ooh, John A. Club. All it takes is a goal. Ooh, I like that sound. I don't know who that is, but I like the sound of it. So, oh, uh, he has a phenomenal book. I love it. Okay, I'm going to look him up. Give us a daily, weekly, or monthly routine every teacher should get into. Taking a pause to reflect, show gratitude, and celebrate your successes, whether they're big, medium, or large. And the best piece of advice you've ever received. Be intentional and authentic. Wow. Mm. Ray, not only did she nail the 15 seconds, but like... I mean, yeah, if that's I'm not trophy-worthy, I don't know what is. Like, I just wanted <laughs> to give her the trophy in question four, but I didn't know if that was illegal or not, so I felt like I had to wait till question six. Like, I don't know the Teach Better Talk trophy rules because I make them up as we go, but I'm just pretty sure that you should be looking out for that trophy in the mail without a doubt. Well, considering it's a mythical it. trophy, I'm pretty sure the rules can be whatever you want them to be. I don't like that you say it's a mythical trophy. We've had this discussion. It needs to exist. We need a Teach Better Talk trophy for answers like this is a perfect example. <laughs> I totally I mean, agree I need that. something from my office. The kids <laughs> need to know greatness when they walk in. Come on. I totally agree that it should exist, but for the time being, it's still mythical. Um, I but- <laughs> think that there needs to be a petition. That's all I'm saying. All right. I do want to make sure all of our listeners can stay connected to you because not only can do I know that I can find you in the Teach Better um, Admin Mastermind, which is always a great spot to listen to people share ideas and debate topics and um, just talk about life. <laughs> but I also know that you are constantly doing so many things to support educators and are always up for a discussion and to support other people. So would you mind kind of sharing how people can stay connected to you specifically? Oh, yeah. Twitter. I am the Twitter queen. Oh, my goodness. Uh, if you're not on Twitter, you need to get on Twitter and and definitely join a PLN network. So you can find me at at Brown Warrens. So my two last names combined without the hyphen. And it. then I also started a podcast called Window Wednesdays with Miss T Brown. So basically, I just take ideas and tell you what my thoughts are on them and how they can better help us as teachers, leaders and students. Nice. I assume the podcast is on all your major podcast networks so they can just search for it. Yes, you can. Or you can just follow me on Twitter. Or follow on Twitter. We'll make sure the link in the show notes as well. And, you know, you can find all the resources and everything we mentioned in this episode over at teachbetter.com and those show notes, as well as the links to make sure you're connecting with Trudy's, keep the conversation going. So make sure you head over to teachbetter.com for that. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And if you can give us a rating and review, we'd really appreciate that as well. And let's keep taking this one step further. Think of just three of your colleagues who need to hear these amazing stories and connect with these amazing educators and just share this podcast with them. Trudisis was on this was just awesome. Such a great episode. I'm so excited for other people to to hear it and to be inspired by your story and to connect with you and continue learning and growing with you. Thank you so much for taking some time and hanging out with us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Until next time, let's get out there, let's teach better. <laughs>